Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 87, week 87, volume 87, number fucking 87. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Marshall from the Warriors and that will be coming up later in the show. So as I said last week, we're going to change the start of the show a little bit and we're going to incorporate Still the questions and feedbacks and ratings and reviews were received over the week, but also going to talk about an album of the week that you need to check out and the song of the week or single of the week that's been released. So let's start things off with album of the week. Really, really enjoying the new album by Renounced. The album's called Beauty is a Destructive Angel. It's out now on all your streaming and downloading services. This British band play kind of a throwback metalcore sound, but when I say metalcore and I say throwback, I mean how it used to be. Think old school unearth. Think all of those bands around that time, like Darkest Hour, God Forbid, when riffing was really important when the sense of energy was important. There's no gimmicks. There's no sense of overproduction. It's real gritty. It's really in your face, and I can't get enough of it. The album of the week, again, is Beauty is a Destructive Angel. It's by Renounced. You can thank me later. Make sure you crank it all the way to 11. The single of the week comes from Varials. Now, when I say single of the week, it's actually four singles. The band are going to release their new album, and it's going to be called In Darkness. It comes out October the 11th. And the band have done something that's a little bit different for nowadays. They've released four songs straight off to kind of whet your appetite and get you excited. Varials, I think, are probably a bit underrated I think they're a band that have a lot of potential and I think this album's really going to push them a couple of steps forward the songs they released are called I Suffocate Bleeding Romance and The Love Machine make sure you check those out make sure you give Varials some love this week as well so that's the album of the week and that's the single of the week or this week singles of the week get in touch Send us a message, comment on our Facebook page. Let us know what your album of the week is. Let us know what your single of the week is. We like to grow this every week, hear from you guys. We'll read out what you say is your album of the week. And of course, we'll let you know what ours is. An important forum for doing that also, I forgot to mention, is our Facebook group. It's called the Mosh Zone Community. You can find it on our Facebook page. Make sure you join there. We can start that conversation frequently and easily. And the last thing to kick off this show is, of course, feedback, questions and ratings and reviews. And we got a rating and a review through iTunes. And it was a five out of five titled Amazing Podcast. And it just says best interviews for the heavy scene. And it was by Liam from United States of America. Thank you so much. And of course, guys, have you given us a rating and review yet? Get onto it. Give us five minutes of your time, maybe only a minute of your time. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It helps more people get into the show. Also, if you've got time this week, 
share the podcast. Share it, share, share, share it. Whether it's done through your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, whether you're telling people about the show, whatever it is, share the knowledge about the Mosh Zone with others. That's a very important and very easy way to help this show grow. I can only get the show out to so many listeners, but when you guys share it, it gets the show out to even more people. So that's it for the jibber-jabber. That's it for the ramblings. That's it for the start of the show. Let's get into the Mosh interview for this week. This week, I spoke with Marshall from the Warriors. First thing I got to say is... Thank you so very much, Marshall. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. It was, for me, as a long-time diehard fan of the band, it was epic, epic moment to get him on the show. It was also really good because occasionally when you do this show, you kind of connect with someone and you get to know someone and it feels like you've always known them. It was so enjoyable that we spoke for quite a while outside of the interview you're about to hear. It was also so enjoyable that Marshall is confirmed to be my first part two conversation. That will be coming up really soon. We're going to delve into some more things. We're going to delve into this new album that is very soon to be announced. All of that and more coming up later in the year in a part two. But the part one we're listening to today... Really good, great insight into Marshall, great insight into the band, and again, meant a lot to me. Thank you, Marshall. That chat with Marshall is coming up now. So I usually start off with, you know, not necessarily a heavy band, but do you remember an artist or a musician that kind of opened your world to music existing as a child oh man when i when i was in grade school you know i'd say my earliest memory probably third to sixth grade i was really into skateboarding and rap rap music i'm talking about that was around the time that that wu-tang clan uh Oh gosh, what's that album? The Chambers. The no, no, no. The one that the one I first discovered was the one that came after that. The double disc one. Oh, I can't remember that. Uh, yeah, Reunited. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the double LP, whatever that one was. I can't think of it right now. But that was the one that I got my hands on. I actually didn't buy it. I had to borrow it from a friend. And man, I, I, you know, and then you get those things and you record them to tape. That Craig Mack. Um, that was a big one too. So yeah, I mean, I was listening to a lot of rap back then. Wow! In grade school, you know, baggy pants, skater dude, <laughs> <laughs> skateboard culture back then. That's what it was like. And I don't know. I can I come from a small town, so that was that was the thing. That was like you're either a skate, you're you know, you skate, mm. and you listen to rap, you listen to punk rock you listen to stuff like that and through you know rap music and all my friends skateboarding is what that's what introduced me to punk and hardcore there was one band in town uh called diehard youth and then they played they would play around town and the surrounding areas and we'd we'd go and check them out and that's how i you know naturally 
like like minds we would connect and become friends so that's how i met that's how we kind of got into it and then after whatever point you know 2000 2001 um kind of asked some guys that i knew played music uh, specifically danny and donnie and mike um and another guy named graham we said hey you guys want to get together and jam let's try to start a band no big deal let's do it and we did and you know we we recorded a demo we hung a microphone with some duct tape from the ceiling <laughs> and we recorded it and it the music only came out one side of the speaker it was fucking awesome and we recorded it on <laughs> some old like um amway tapes for some reason <laughs> you know what amway is yeah they're the company <laughs> so uh yeah somehow we got we have these old amway tapes and we just recorded over them and scratched off the name and wrote and uh you know sharpie the warriors on it and then we made these that was our demo tapes i think i sat there and i made i spent the whole weekend i made like 50 of them Jeez. and you know to record them i had it because i had a double uh, tape player so I'd have to play the whole demo over and over every time I wanted to record it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's nuts, dude. It's dedication, man. That's dedication. How bored was I? That's crazy. <laughs> but how do you transfer from hip-hop rap to, you know, the hardcore? You know, what brought you into hardcore? Because it's quite a transition and yeah. at the time, because I'm, I'm, I'm around the same age as you, I remember the... Yeah. Hardcore at that time or punk rock had a very significant sound and message. So was that kind of what drew you in or was it the energy? What brought you in? Yeah, it was all that. It was experiencing it live. Hmm. When you when you do that, I mean that kinda that kind of changed everything right there. And the moshing, that was the first time I saw like like hardcore dancing like moshing, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> You know what I mean? You see that for like an outsider. I remember what that felt like. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I was kind of standing back like, what is going on here? And then, and I'll never forget that. So I'm always, I'll always be an advocate for, um, you know, newer kids coming into the scene. I've always been that way because I was that kid once, you know what I mean? And I know how it feels when you got elitist bullshit attitudes mm -hmm. coming at you. So. Which you know, unfortunately, those, those attitudes are still there today, unfortunately. Yeah, and so you know, Marshall doesn't play that. So yeah, so with yeah. with um, you know, how old were you when you started going to shows? Oh boy, mm, pro uh, about fifteen, sixteen. Okay, so you're still at school. Yeah. So at school, did you start identifying yourself as a punk rocker? And also, the other side of that question was. Where were you looking career-wise at that stage? Were you looking at honing in on a nine-to-five job? No. I didn't have any ambitions. I didn't have any plans. I didn't have any. I just kind of took it day by day, and that was good enough for me. Skateboarding, food in my stomach. If I can make it out of school, that's great. Graduate, that was the goal. Just the... It was all, all kind of just like a game. Mm. Like, you got to do this to get out of here and, you know, to make mom and dad a happy type of thing. But as far as I identifying myself, I, I don't know, I guess like, um, try to think from an outside perspective, I guess I 
most of my friends kind of knew me as like kind of like a like a hip-hop guy kind of thing because I was at that time I was more in tune with that than I was punk rock and hardcore hmm. in fact I it, I don't know I think people got some of my buddies were kind of like uh, I, I definitely got that feeling coming into hardcore it's like hey dude it's not for you type of thing Oh, that's the kind yeah. of, that's, it, yeah, that's kind of what I got. And I was kind of like, well, fuck you. Mm. You know what I mean? And I just did my thing anyways. And so, and then we started to do the band. And once again, some, you know, there's some kids around the town in the, in the, in the school and the scene that would kind of poke fun at us. And it wasn't until a few years later when we had a record where everybody's like, hey, dude, that's pretty good. And it was, I'm kind of like, well, fuck your couch, dude. You made fun of me. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and was, was it really? That's how, I, that's how I felt about it. Was it at the start, you know, after you did that demo? I love the fact that you were hanging a mic from the ceiling. That's just, that's classic. Um, yeah. But, so the demo at that time for the band, was that literally just a way of kind of getting shows, you know, because at that time, a lot of the time when you wanted a show, they'd say, what do you sound like? So you'd have to give them something to be like, this is what we sound like. Yeah, that's just kind of what, um, we just kind of handed it out to our friends. I think we might have sold a couple for a couple bucks at shows. Um, we made a t-shirt. That was real. That was a real big deal for us. You know, little steps. And they started turning into little bigger steps, like actually making a full-length album. Um, before that, we made a seven-inch, and that was like I was like, "Holy shit, we're on wax now! Mm. That's a big deal." It is, you know what I mean. So, um, just doing that and just playing as many shows as we could because we would travel. Like, like I said, to Hatchapi, it's kind of the middle of nowhere. So the nearest place, the nearest city, would be like. Uh, bakersfield okay at a venue called jerry's pizza a lot of people know about that place because it was kind of the only place to play in that little valley there uh until you get to la la is two hours away so we would play bakersfield a lot when we drive down to la a lot and that's just what we did anyways we'd all carpool and go down to shows just about every weekend we'd go to you know places like the smell in la we'd go to you know, the Showcase Theater and Corona would go to Anaheim at the Chain Reaction. You know, these are all places, you know, a couple of those places are still around and they're still going. And uh, it's cool to revisit and relive that experience sometimes to see other bands still playing there. Was, um, it, was a lot of it about just kind of, you know, were you taking the band as a serious thing at that stage? Because, you know, you said, you know, demo seven inch t-shirts you know were you were your shows getting bigger were you really were you thinking that you know we have something here we can really push this or was it not until war as hell came out did you think we can really make a push with this well what ended up happening was um so i graduated a year before the rest of the guys so and i had um I had a choice to continue school and I tried it. So I went to, I went to Fresno state for two years and I said, you know, 
this isn't this isn't for me. This is going nowhere. I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to. I certainly don't want to live in Fresno. <laughs> um, and I just kind of got kind of a cold chill up my spine. I was like, I don't want this to be the rest of my life. I can't do this. That's not me. And at the same time, the, the rest of the guys in the band, you know, hey, we got some new songs. So we jammed them. Um, I remember um, I was in Huntington Beach at the time for a summer. I, I was sleeping on a, my buddy's couch. And um, I was working on that record. My buddies, Cody and Jared. And um, I was just writing lyrics. And um, we... And that was kind of the start. And we did that. And we Then we did War as Hell, and that came out. Cool. We got a record now. And then um, we kind of shopped it out, sent it out to some labels in a package, said, hey, this is, this is us. Eulogy Records said, hey, we want to put it out. And we said, that's awesome. Let's do it. And we did. Um, and then we... Um, 2004 we did our first tour with shattered realm on broken wings black my heart the judas cradle and uh oh boy there's one more missing i can't remember i got these tour passes over here let me see um but that was yeah that was 2004. So that <clears throat> that was like our first like real tour, and I think we had to we had to meet up in. Um, I think it started in like Arizona or something, and we started heading east, and that was big. That was our first time leaving home for real, leaving the state, getting to see the the world, get, getting to see the United States, and I think that was the biggest thing for me um you know get to see how the rest of the world operate the rest of the country operates as far as people go as far as different scenes go it's more or less the same everywhere you go and you see that and you kind of get the you really pull in the picture um <clears throat> did you did you so, start to feel that the um the album was making an impression did you feel like people you know, you went to a city and were the kids saying, you know, I've got the war as hell and I dig this or, you know, were you getting feedback and reception for that release? Yeah, people that that had it and they were listening, it was pretty well received. Um, I never really thought about thought about the band in terms like worrying about that. Hmm. We just did our thing and that was it. Um, do the record and I just wanted to do play those songs in front of people that's as far as i think it through i would never think about to so this i wouldn't worry about the opinions of other people when it comes to music why was it why was it um re-released a year later under redux like what what was the reason for that oh because <clears throat> our producer and one of my best friends roger camaro who's our drummer and He's, he's produced all our records, by the way. Awesome guy. Uh, he wasn't happy with the master, so we re we remastered it is what we did. and um, That's about it. I think they added a couple extras on there, and 
I don't know. Just kind of clean it up a bit. Is that something that, that is. is that something that I mean anyone who's listing may or may not know that takes time and money um, and is that something that the label backed or is that just something you guys said we're going to do this because we want the mix sharper we want people to hear the songs as they should be um, the, la- the label took care of that yeah, yeah. they yeah. did that yeah yeah um, then then you released one of my favorites yeah oh um, yeah there you go. Beyond the Noise. Um, this was another... I mean, I think one thing interesting about the sound that you guys have had and have is that each release is a little bit different. Um, it's a little bit, you know, you hone in on a different sound for each one in a good way, not a negative way at all. Um, this True. this one feels like this release was when I found out about you guys and I feel like a lot of people found out about you guys. Um, for me, I think being a bit biased, um, was this when touring really started to step up a gear because, you know, you, you've started, you started 2004 doing some tours, some national tours, but are you really starting to step up the gear in about 2006 ish? Are you really starting to be a touring band per se? Yeah. Around that time <clears throat> we put out that record because it's so different. I don't think it was as well received as, um, war as hell because everybody was expecting it i think to be the same thing again people wanted it to be that slow heavy thing and this album just wasn't it was different totally different vibe totally different times in our life you know what i mean it all goes hand in hand with uh, um what's going on at the time we weren't trying to and on top of that we're not trying to you know more or less regurgitate the same thing. You know what I mean? We're, that's not what we're about. We're about progression and moving forward. So we did that, and um, man, I smoked a lot of weed when we did that record. Me and Mike both. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that kind of shines through too. I mean, you know, I mean, that's if I'm being honest here. Which I, know, I, I love am. it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we smoked loads of weed during that time and is that why it's got green artwork is that a reference no it's, <laughs> no 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 we just smoked a lot of weed <laughs> but uh um yeah but that whole album that's a that's a it's a kind of a concept idea the lyrics and the way we put it together on a book by uh herman hess called uh siddhartha basically about the coming of buddha and uh, kind of what he goes through in his in his life in that book and um so each song kind of you know synchronizes with that with that book was there you know is i know you don't listen to outside pressure and stuff but is there a sense of you know from a creative standpoint if you're releasing something that you want is it ever really annoying and does it piss you off if people kind of react with, oh, that's not the same or that's not what I expected? And, you know, what's that feel like from a creative standpoint? Does it really grain your gears, you know, that people can't just let your music be your music? Um, uh, I used to let that affect me a lot. I used to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When I was younger, I'd get really mad about that type of thing. Like, you know, with the attitude, like, I, it, I just, 
I'd just be chapped about it. I'd be like, who the fuck are you to tell me what the fuck I you don't know me like fuck off you know I was so pissed all the time I was a much different person then uh nowadays I don't care I mm. don't care like at all like some people say they don't care like I really don't care and I think any one of my close friends could vouch for me for that well I think that's <laughs> I think that's part of just getting you know a bit more mature a bit more wiser I mean, I'm the same. I, I was. I used to really care if someone didn't like the music I liked. I really hated it. Now, I couldn't give a shit yeah. if you don't like it. No, you don't like it. Um, the next, yeah. the next switch up for you guys was a change in label for gen general sense of outrage. Yeah, buddy. Um, yeah. Now, first off, um, why the label switch? Was that a was your time up with the other label, or was it that you were shopping around and you got a better offer? Because that was Victory as well, so it was a bigger label in some sense. Uh, it's just you know we we switched labels. We'll just you know I'll leave it at that. That's mm-hmm. all there really was to it. Um, and yeah, we did that record, and. That Man, was, that was a great that was a great experience too. That was a big album. Like, um, you know, the the thing that first stood out to me, I remember getting it and listening to it because I was a fan of Motorhead when I was growing up, was the fact that yeah. you had Lemmy, the great man himself, uh, rest in peace. Um, how do you line up Lemmy to get on a Warriors album? And oh man, like that's a trip. Like a hardcore band getting a rock god on their album. Yeah, probably one of the biggest highlights of my life. Like I'll never forget that. Um, so what was going on? Like uh, none of us knew him personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just we're just you know small fish kind of guys. And then uh, so the guy who was recording us, Cameron Webb, he he recorded the last like three or four Motorhead albums. We were joking around because he had, we were, you know, we're in the studio for a month straight and we're like, right, we're looking at all of his motorhead gear and we knew that he recorded motorhead. We're like, dude, what's it going to take, you know, joking around with him, what's it going to take to get Lemmy singing on our record? And he kind of turned around. He's like, you want that old man on your record? We're like, yep. (laughs) He's like, let me see. Hold on. And he calls him up right there and he said he would do it. And I was like, and I'm still like not really believing it. I'm like, oh, right on, dude. That's cool, dude. Whatever. And we go to, and then so um, he wanted to do it at a specific studio close to his house. And we're like, okay. So we booked it that day and we did it. We show up. You know, I was all excited. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if he's going to show up, but if he does, and I had a bottle of Jack Daniels and some Skittles, I guess he really liked, he really likes Skittles. So I brought him as kind of like gifts. <laughs> Such a great man. Here's my gifts. <laughs> my gifts of joy of plenty. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we walk in and he was they're like, oh, he's already in there waiting for you. And I was like, oh, and then it hit me. I was like, oh shit. Seriously? Like, we're late. But I looked at the watch. I'm like, we're not late though. He's just here early. Oh shit. We go in there. I was like, there he is. That was the first time I've ever been starstruck. I was like, man. And the guy is cool as hell. He's so cool. He just kind of like shook our hands like, hey, what's going on? You know, he's smoking cigarettes. He's got his bodyguard with him. This big old, big old dude. We're like, yep. 
And um, I kind of was going over the lyrics and I was like, hey, so here's the lines, you know, I'm really hard on myself. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if you don't like it, dude. I know it kind of sucks sometimes, you know, I think I, you know, my lyrics always could be better, but this is what I got. And he's, he's kind of like reads them and he goes, huh, I don't like that word. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, fuck that word. Yeah, I don't like it either. Let's change it. Let's change it. And so I changed it from um, like, a, I think it was like, I changed imperfect to temperament. And he was like, yep, yep, that's good. And he goes in there and he does it. And I think he took like one take and we're like, that's perfect, sir. <laughs> Thank he's you. Like, he's like, and he goes, ah. Let me go do it again. And he goes and he does it two more times. Has a couple of F words. I think he says, fuck your mother in there. We didn't keep that. We should have. But he, yeah. But he, he was, he, he was pumped on it. He's like, he's like, yeah, you guys like it. Are you happy with it? I think I'm happy with it. And you know, we sat and chatted for a good 15 minutes and then uh, we parted ways. Wow. What an experience. Oh, like you pretty much at that point can just say, oh, fuck it. I'm done. Like I've achieved, I've achieved. Like yeah, that's that and that song. Um, I got a fucking buzz. I'm big into my comic book stuff, and I was watching Daredevil. Um, I don't know which season it was. That song was playing in the Netflix series of Daredevil. Did you know that? Um. Uh, oh, dude, my friend, my friend Memphis. Uh hit me up and he's like did you know your song is on daredevil or was it punisher yeah it was one of them yeah it might have been yeah, the punisher scene and I was like, Let me yeah. see that. it was only for like five seconds and i was just like yeah rock and roll we're famous <laughs> the guy's listening to the warriors in his headphones man that's awesome <laughs> yeah he knows what's up yeah so they didn't they didn't con- <laughs> they obviously didn't contact you for permission to put it in Nah, no. I don't know. Well, yeah, who cares? I, I mean, did you did you notice a bump in streams that week? An extra four people? No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never paid attention to that really. So that I don't know. that album though, did it really? You know, give you guys a boost because it seemed like you guys were really on top, and then guys kind of like stopped, slowed down took you four years, which is not that long, but if we're talking album cycles around that time, especially bands were pumping albums every at least two years. So can you go into details of what kind of happened? Like I was doing a bit of homework and there's no interviews really from you around that time. There's one in a tour bus somewhere and you're saying how life happened and we're broke and this kind of stuff. Um, So. Oh, yeah. What, um, what that person didn't seem to really like interviewing you that much. Um, uh, so, you know, first, did the album really give you a boost? And then B, what happened? Like, why did everything slow down a little bit? Did the wheels start falling off in a way? Uh, well, I don't know. We just kind of, everybody's got their own personal life too. And we kind of, you know, you hate the signs for growth and you, you know, I can only speak for myself when I say that I kind of, you know, made some decisions. I said I want to, you know, because I have other passions, not just music, you know. Like, 
culinary has always been a big one. So I went I, at that time. I don't know if I was going to culinary school or yet. I was on this waiting list. I did that. It was a two year thing and I graduated, you know, top of my class, whatever. And I did it. And I'm very proud of that. And then that's when I started the kitchen life. And I did that for a few years there and absolutely loved it. So that's kind of what, that's kind of where I was at, you know. That's a hard life though, kitchen life. Very much so. And it, it, it's, it syncs up with um, hardcore culture very, you know, naturally, actually. When you see the type of people you're around and it's kind of like being on a pirate ship and, you know, <laughs> That's... you're constantly, it is, you're constantly yeah. around people with addiction problems and the same kind of bullshit that goes on. You know, anywhere you go, I guess. Well, and and the hours that you work are just insanely weird and hard and long, which is kind of like being on the road, I guess. Yeah. You know, your weird hours. Um, mm-hmm. It's also a glutton for punishment, though. The kitchen life. You know. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, yeah, and that's kind of what. That's where I kind of had to make another huge decision. I did that for years, and then I. We, I made the conscious decision. Um, also, I got married during that time. I got married. Um, and we made the conscious decision that we're going to procreate and have some children. Always wanted to do that. And this was the time. So I did it. And that's when I had to walk away from the kitchen because I was kind of like, I can't be working, you know, 60 hours, 60 plus hours a week. I'm never home. I'm just, I get aggro, you know, not a lot, not enough sleep. Mm-hmm. I, my wife doesn't deserve that. And kind of conflict of interest in the, in the, you know, idea of keeping things copacetic in the household. Didn't want to, you know, ruin the one thing that's good in my life. Yeah. By, by being selfish and doing this shit that really kind of pisses me off, but I love it. It's like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the people, the way people quit and come and go, you know, because I was in charge of hiring people in the kitchen, like, all right. And then some people just wouldn't show up and I call them like, hey, where are you at? You're supposed to be here. No answer. Two days later, hey, bro, just want to let you know I'm over here working over at the flour mill at uh, Clink and Daggers now. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Mm-hmm. You couldn't have told me that the other day. He's like, well, I didn't want to make you mad. I'm like, make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. And then you deal with the other side of that is customers and how they, some of them, well, in my, from my experience of kitchen life, a lot of them think they're the queen with their orders. Um, obscene requests. Um, it can, that used to roll me up probably actually the most was the most obscene, obnoxious requests, um, off the menu or on the menu was just, I used to just scream at the dockets when I used to see some of the things. Yeah. Yeah. It could be really frustrating, but that's just the type of people that go out. It's like, (sighs) well, someone said, can I have a bruschetta, but can I have no oil? So I said, "Well, you just you just want tomato on bread, then? Like it doesn't? Yeah. I'm charging you for bruschetta, though. I'm charging you for bruschetta. Like, oh yeah. shit. Um, so back into a bit of warriors. You then release the absolutely glorious 
see how you are. I've still, oh, yeah. I've still like got that. the sticker on it um, when I bought it. You know, that says for fans of Deftones, Terror, Rage Against the Machine, meaningful lyrics with hard-hitting metalcore, hardcore music. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, they do well with those stickers. They don't do it anymore, <laughs> but they did well then. Um, That's cool. You kept that sticker on there too. Yeah, I'm weird. I'm weird. <laughs> I was, go. I was that guy that when I bought the CD, I'd then cut the sticker out and then stick it inside the sleeve. So. It, Oh, there you go. Um, I've got the one on the general sense of outrage too. What's that one say? That one says one of the most groups, one of the most unique groups in extreme music landscape today. For fans of Rage Against Machine, Hatebreed, and Deftones, on tour with DMX. (laughs) You were on tour with DMX. No, that was a tour that was booked and he canceled. Oh. We were we were supposed to tour DMX and they jumped the gun and just made that sticker. No, oh. because we had it planned for like two months and then the dude's like, "Stop!" Ah! <laughs> the tour. Like, oh shit! Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So how did see how you are go for you guys? Because that album was massive. I I think it it's the best so far without knowing what the new stuff is. Um. How was it? You know, did you feel like it really was a pinnacle time for the band? Oh, man, that I had a lot. I had probably the most fun with that record. Um, you know, once again, reiterating, you know, guys in the band, you know, changing, changing and, you know, we're at a different point in our life and type of thing. And that's where, where we were at with that. And it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, we we love making music let's do it again and i think we toured once on that as our uh our friends and brothers in parkway drive were so gracious to let us come on tour with them and that was a really fun time they let us ride their coattails on that one so that was nice thanks parkway drive <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> yeah well i mean you got winston on that album and you know you're on deep blue as well Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Oh but yeah, we love those guys, man. Those guys are really down to earth guys, and we just always kind of connected with them on a, you know, mental level as well as a musical level. We've always really uh, um, appreciated them, um, and that sort of thing. So, so that you know, the album comes out and it feels like big momentum, and then obviously life is, which I think a lot of people. Um, would tip their hats to is that you guys were already in different phases of your life and life is at the end of the day it's more important because music will come and go um, and bands will come and go but you need to have a life you need to have foundations that make you happy outside of the musical world so was that what was going on that decided you guys to just kind of in a way just felt like disappear you just vanished Um, and then occasionally you'd see oh warriors are playing a show but that was it yeah, um, I don't think it was intentional like that. Um, that's just kind of the way that uh, that it felt and it happened. Um, you know, there was no, there's no Ill, Ill feelings or nothing like that. Like, we've always just remained friends and done our thing. And, and you know, also other guys in our bands, you know, like Roger and Joe and Charlie and Javier, I mean, everybody, we had other musical stuff going on. I had other musical stuff going on. I was singing in a local band here in Spokane, Washington, uh, called Headhunter with some friends. You know, that was more of a biohazard style thing. That was pretty sweet. 
um, um, Roger had his solo project, has his solo project called He Fails Me. Another band called Paced Out. And, you know, um, also he's a producer for, for a living. That's what he does. So he stays very busy doing all that type of stuff. So, I mean, everybody was, you know, segueing into their other passions and doing doing them. You know what I mean? Did um, Obviously, you know, with the way it's panned out over the last few years, do you, do you still have an itch to get out on stage? Because I notice every now and then there's a show here or there, you know, you've got a show coming up um, in a couple of weeks. Is, is that still a want to get out and get the pit going kind of thing? Yeah. Um, except the, I can only, I can only speak for myself when I say this, but it, you know, my reasoning has changed where it used to be like, I want to play music for this crowd. I want to see them go fucking nuts. I want to see people go crazy. That's that's. And now it's like, no, I don't. Well, yeah, sure. I don't really care about that. I have a, something I want to say and I want people to hear me say it because it's very important you know um, what and what what's the you know I think that that's I think that's commendable so what, what is that you want to say now like with the way the world is what are you wanting to express what do you think's not being expressed that you can you can say oh man there's there's a lot um well as far just being more conscious of, you know, who we are as human beings, straying away from that TV set, straying away from that cell phone, put it down for a while. It's always in your fucking face. It's always in your pocket. It's always on us. We're all guilty of this, and we do this on a daily basis. And it's just filled with bullshit. Every time you look up and you're on the freeway and you look at that billboard leering down at you, telling you that you're not good enough. Mm. And when you're, you know, you're not pretty enough telling, you know, it, you know, for women, you're not pretty enough, you know, smash this fucking powder all over your face so that you're not so ugly anymore. This will make you beautiful type of thing. You know what I mean? It's all just a bunch of bullshit. People trying to make money. And don't, you know, don't concern yourself with that. Anybody kind of see the foolishness there and kind of strive to be on a higher consciousness and, you know, just, you know, stay away from that kind of thing. Um, and just don't be, you know, so easily fooled by the media. Anything that's being said, yep. it's all half truths. So it's like you gotta, you have to realize that it's somebody's opinion. None of it can, they can, you can say whatever the fuck you want on TV to a point. You know what I mean? And people sit there and they eat it up and they believe it, especially when it comes to politics and stuff. Mm. And I, if there's one thing I really hate talking about, it's politics. I just don't do it, I just don't like it. Um, I'm not educated enough in it. I know it's bad, but I don't want to talk about it. But I mean, I definitely, <clears throat> I definitely agree. You know, one of my big pet peeves we have here in Australia is the news is all catered to create fear. 
Um, and it's also catered to only telling you their side of the story they want you to know. Also in Australia, we don't get any news about what's happening else in the world. We only get about, you know, the 80-year-old that got robbed when she was going down to the shops and then the weather. And then we'll tell you the sport. And then at the end, despite all the negativity we've told you, we're going to tell you about a cat that was rescued from a tree today. Just to top it off with something nice at the very end. You know, just to, you know. <laughs> That's funny. I think it's really bad um, that people literally I know go out of their way to tune in on time to watch the news every day. They want this in their lives. They want this negativity in their brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. It's horrific. People, people love to be miserable and um, self-inflicting that type of negativity, and they don't even realize they're doing it. Everybody's always – those type of people are always on the defense all the time. You know what I mean? What was the, what was the other day I was on the news they were talking about this company up here in North Spokane, like, oh, they're selling bulletproof backpacks now to kids for kids for school just in case there's another school shooting i was like are you fucking kidding me jesus christ like fuck oh and so then, you're oh. you're you're assuming that it it's gonna happen again and that's mm-hmm. the world we live in mm. well i mean that's fucked and i think that's that you know let's not get started on that whole statistic I keep seeing about America and your, your gun policies, which is, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why your country is so backwards. That's fucked, man. (laughs) Um, I think another thing that you kind of mentioned in there was like the, um, with the phones is, you know, I remember when we didn't have a platform or people didn't have a platform to complain um, with his, which is social media, you know, complain about how bad their day was or that they don't like this or that. But also what I've noticed with social media now is you can't state your side of things or an opinion without someone just yelling at you. There's no discussion anymore. You know, if we don't agree, we can't discuss about it. And that's, the, and that's part of the problem too. Hmm. People are allowed to disagree. People are supposed to disagree. I mean, how would the world be like? I like I try to think of it from a personal perspective. Like, what would the world be like if everybody was just like me? It would fucking suck. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely awful. It'd be terrible. So, I'd be getting pissed off at myself more than myself would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you'd never see <laughs> any. You'd never see any advancements in anything because it's like, well, I like this, but that's it. That's all we've got. We haven't yeah. got the other side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not this is the way it is, and when it's it's hard to have a conversation with anybody with that mindset. Um, having an open mind is critical, and that's what I like about the hardcore scene so much is that you can have all different walks of life, and you know, have well, you, it. You can have all yeah. different opinions as well. You know, you know, someone that wants to speak a positive message, but then you can have someone who wants to speak about you know don't anyone stand on me, you know, I'll push against you. It also, the hardcore community supports each other. You know, like you said about shows, if if you go to a show, people will eventually say hi to you. you know, they might at first, but you will be accepted. They're not going to look at you like, how dare you come into our venue and come to a show. Exactly. And there's a protect, and there's a protection there too, which I enjoy. Yeah. Mm. I enjoy seeing it where it's like, hey, 
so-and-so is getting so-and-so, you know, is, you know, five foot five and 140 pounds and somebody's fucking with them. That can't happen. You know and it mean? won't, and people won't let it happen. They'll step in and exactly like that dude's been going to shows. He's part of our scene. No, nope. hmm. we're not going to let that happen. I love, I love it, and I think it's, um, you know, I go to more hardcore shows always have than metal shows, but I think metal's very different. Um, that's where I think a lot of the elitist side of thing comes in. They look at you and say, "Oh, you've got that shirt on. Why would you wear that shirt?" It's a very different mentality. Um. Last thing I want to talk about, Warriors, before I talk about a couple other things, is what's going on? New album. 2018, you guys were like, I saw a few pictures in the studio. Um, I know you do your things at your own pace, but fuck, man. Like, how, 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 what are we, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're in, you know, September of 2019. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the album's done. Uh, hey. Just, yeah. It's been, it's been done for a little bit here, and uh, we're just waiting for uh, between us and the label for a, a time that makes sense to put it out. Um, and that has to do with, you know, once again, we're not an active band. So I don't blame the label for being like, hey, let's just throw this out there. It has to make sense. So the goal is to <clears throat> get some shows together and stuff, and then the record comes out, play some shows, and be like, hey, at least do a little bit so we can promote something we worked so hard on you know what i mean and yeah so i mean who did you was it all in-house produced and recorded wait say that again did you guys in-house like through yourselves record and produce it or was there did you bring anyone in to help with the recording and production side of things nope roger roger camaro did all the production and is the producer, and he played a lot of the instruments on there. He's kind of a mastermind, and he is way overqualified and way over talented. And um, I mean, he just does his thing. That's what he does, and he's really good at it. And we um, we enjoy having him as a drummer too. So yeah. <laughs> we play live. So yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of like the glue that he's kind of the glue that keeps it all together. He really is. What about, um, so obviously it's been done for a while, so are you done with everything as in like as soon as you know the date, you've got your artwork and everything ready, like it's all ready to just pump out? Yep, yep, got the artwork already. Ooh. It's ready. Um, is it going to be on Victory or can you not say, is it on a different label? Uh, we'll, 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 um, we'll wait for that announcement here shortly. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Okay. You got you. you uh, okay, that's got me. Excited. I'm being cryptic. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Don't give away too much. Um, um. Now the last thing about warriors before the other stuff is um, we talk about hardcore in the community, and how hardcore now is pretty exciting. You know, it's. I think now we've seen a kind of reignite reignition of excitement in the hardcore scene. You know, you got bands like Jesus Peace, Vane. Um, Code Orange, Year of the Knife, and bands like Knock Loose as well. They're bringing a lot of kids into hardcore and into the scene. Um, what was it like for you uh, when you see Knock Loose do Slings and Arrows on their EP? I thought it was awesome. And when it came out, I checked it out right away, and I was like, holy shit. And then, I, you know, let's, you know, and before, I'd, I'd heard them before, and I'm like, fuck, this band's heavy. 
holy shit. <clears throat> and I can see where somebody would say it's similar, but they are their own thing. And their, their guitars are just insane. Like they're, the way they structure songs is just so fucking awesome. Nobody's doing that. <laughs> they're just kind of like, whoa, where'd you come up with that shit? Dude, you guys got some serious riffs. Like they're fucking heavy and they're good. So like, I think it, I'll, I for one will just say that, yeah, they deserve the hype. They're good. Well, not just that, but the, how does it feel? Does it feel a bit humbling that this band that have got all this hype attention and that, Want yeah, to yeah. want to release one of your now that's an OG song from you guys too. That's that's going back. That's an OG. Yeah, dude. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, holy shit, man! Like they're gonna, they want to, they're covering us. Like that's fucking awesome, man. They could have gone yeah. the cliche hate breed. They could have gone, you know, something like that. But no, they chose the Warriors. I think that's sick. I think it's great. Um, and also, you guys are playing yeah. with them soon. Same. Yeah, it was kind of shocking. I was like, "Wow, man!" I, I'm like, "Us? Wow, that's crazy." Do you do you like the way they did the song? Yeah, dude, it sounds yeah. great. Sick. Yeah. Are you gonna? Uh, is that is that a song now that are you worried? Are you nervous about playing that in your set if you ever play it in your set again? Because people are now gonna go. I will still play it. Yeah. Fuck nah. <laughs> nah. We just gotta play. We just gotta play it better than they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No pressure, no pressure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so with with you with lyrics and the way you write lyrics, um, I've always found it, you know, exciting because it's it's exactly what I think hardcore stands for. There's a message in there. There's a purpose to it. Um, has lyrics ever been something that was hard for you to do? No, no. I've always enjoyed it. Like. Um let's rewind a little bit. When I said I, when I, when I was telling you, I, I went to Fresno state for school for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about the hi- hiatus or whatnot. And I went to school and that's what I was going to school for. I wanted to be an English major. I love writing. That's what I wanted to do. So I thought, I thought, Hey, I want to do this. I want to be a writer only to find, only to realize like, you know, cause I, I think into the future too much. I'm like, can I see myself? 30 years doing this and being happy nope Mm. so i've always just kind of taken a liking to writing and lyrics especially is really important to me when you can you know when you write words to music in a poetic form in a you know poetic format it's powerful in the way that you present it in the way that the words that you choose and everything to the the tone of the music when it all comes together it's just it's one of the greatest things ever so um that's that's why you know i enjoy being in a band that's why i keep doing this do you ever feel like um you know there's because you've kind of set the bar with what you do, do you ever feel like you have to keep doing the same thing? Like as in you have to make sure you're not suddenly doing a whole album about um, breakups and things like that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but do you feel like because you've set, yeah. the, set the motion that that's what you do, that you have to maintain it? Is there any, you know, of that going on? Um. 
No, I don't. I don't really think about writing music in that terms. Like mm. write about this certain thing or that. Um, just whatever I'm interested in at the time. And this album's no different. I've I've kind of always been interested in a lot of like esoteric type of teachings and stuff like that. And you know, um, what a single book that was brought to my attention from my friend Donnie. Let me see here. What's it called again? It's called it's called A Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. I'm gonna write that down. And yeah, and that book, more or less, in a nutshell, kind of points out that all religions and belief systems kind of tell the same story. Mm. And when you see that, when you see that, it um, it kind of brings a lot of things to light. You know, if all these different cultures across the country, uh, the, across the world, and whatnot, are saying kind of more or less the same thing. Okay. Yeah, you know the philosophy behind that, and also realizing that you know sacred books maybe to take them to take every word so literally probably wouldn't be the wisest thing to do. A lot of those, there's a lot of symbolism and stuff like that, but that I guess that's a different conversation. But you know, I think that's that's. That's got me thinking already. Yeah, you've got my brain ticking in a weird way now. Didn't expect. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Way. There's a lot going on there. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the most articulate man. So if I'm sitting here, I would kind of ramble on a little bit, and you'd be like, "What the fuck is that guy talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> you just shake your head politely. Yeah, right on, man. No, I, I like I like that. I think I think um, I think your country is the most interesting when it comes to you know listenings and readings of books though i mean the bible belt is quite a i don't understand it from an australian perspective but yeah weird. yeah there's a it's, yeah there's yeah, that it's complex um let's do a couple more and then we'll let you get back to the boy with the cape um upstairs. yeah um that's one one I've got is, um, you know, you mentioned at the start, you know, you used to make a demo, you used to, you know, do the cassette trick. Um, and then as the band has gone on, you've seen all these vast changes in the industry. You've seen it go from be all about the sales that you make with a CD, you know, your, your first week sales, to now it's not really a big focus. Um, it's now all about your monthly streams. Um, for an artist, um, or a band, do you think the industry, is it a good stage or do you think it's trying to figure things out and it's still learning where it's can go, where it can go? Man, that's a loaded question. Yeah, um, it is. Shoot. I want to know where to start with that because I don't have a label. All I do is, um, scream into a microphone and it magically appears on a compact disc or a vinyl record. Well, you, even, know, I mean? you know, I mean, one thing now is that labels, you know, labels aren't a necessary thing for bands now to get their music out really well. You can do it independently. That's true too. Yeah. Um, 
Do you think? I guess I don't have it. Do you think, as a as a, a band starting out, do you think there's more power in them to do what they want to do nowadays, or do you think they're kind of restricted in things like making revenue because CD sales aren't a thing anymore? Because bands used to go out with a box of CDs. Now they probably don't take a box of CDs. Things have, things have definitely changed, and the way things are handled now is something that I've never experienced. Like when you're a band and you can you can do everything yourself. You can do it all on your own laptop, and you can put it on the internet by yourself and do it all like that. It seems to me that the only um, thing to do would be to keep your band relevant is to get more people to see it. So how do you get more people to see it? Well, you need that. You need that record label. You need that support. You need that. So you need somebody, somebody out there pushing you, so that more people can see it and at least be aware that you're there. Yeah. And playing more shows, get out of your city, get, getting out, playing this and that, and getting around. Oh, here he comes! What's up, Beckett? Poopy. You you went poopy? <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> High five. Cake. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Daddy's going to finish up this phone call, and he'll be upstairs in a minute, okay? See? Yeah, <laughs> there he is. People listening to this podcast are being be like, okay, dude, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> they can't maybe see anything. On, maybe they're on like a five-hour drive. <laughs> you, 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 yeah, you. tell them. Okay, hey, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, okay. Cape Crusader. Yeah, I'll be with you soon. Right on. <laughs> Sorry, what were we talking about? Um, how you know they've got to get out and gig more. They've got to do more things. Get out to more listeners. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to leave your city. You got to play with more bands and keep playing, playing and play throughout the entire state. And once you're done playing throughout the entire state, go to a different state. Hmm. Get on a tour with somebody. You got to. Sometimes you got to eat it. You got to be the opener and not make any money. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. re- if you really want to do it, do you really want to do it, or do you just want you know, I don't know. The attention that's doing the decision it. for the individual to make, really. Um, and do you think music nowadays still has the same impact and message that it can have, or do you think having a message and having an impact is kind of getting lost? Because the hardcore punk rock ethics that I remember growing up was all about having a message, and it's kind of getting lost in some ways nowadays. I think. Do you think it's still there? I think it's still there. It's just in a different form, in mm-hmm. a different way that different people understand. I mean, like, you know, you get Ray B's on stage, and he and he would he would say and do the things that he did, and and people would listen and be like, and it was profound. You know what I mean? I think it's still happening. It's just happening in a different way. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like when you like when you go to a terror show, you know you're gonna hear some awesome shit because Scott Vogel is the man and he he's he's a very smart guy and he's gonna he kind of lays it out the way he does he's an absolute legend more stage dives in my fold back so fucking awesome oh all time band yeah um yeah and he was yeah now yeah sorry go ahead no Marshall we'll wrap things up with the final thing we do here and this is gonna we're gonna pick your brain we're gonna find what makes you tick and it's called pick your poison 
We give you two oh, options, and you pick your favorite of the two. Yep. Okay. Some are going to be easy, some are going to be hard. You don't have to justify your answer, but if you're worried that people are going to be like, why did he pick that one? You're welcome to justify it. Okay? Got it. All right. Do you prefer a pizza or a burger? Pizza. Oh, he's, he's, off, he's quick off the trigger here. Okay. Um, smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Smooth. Jeff. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Soft taco or hard taco? Soft taco. Okay. Cook at home or dine out? Both. Ooh. Probably, probably. Um, my kids are a little squirrely, so we tend to eat at home a lot more. Um, I take them out and they, uh, yeah. They destroy the place. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. That's you. That's you. I love you. Would you prefer to see a movie at the cinema or on the couch at home? Uh, couch at home. Okay. I'm a bit of, I'm, I've always been a bit of an introvert. I don't like big crowds unless it's a show and I'm on stage. I don't like to be in the pit anymore. I don't like to be crowded around. <laughs> I like to be in the middle of a lot of people. It makes me claustrophobic. Uh, do you prefer the beach or the snow? Oh, both. Really, man. Because I live, I live in the in the inland northwest, and um, we we get a lot. We get a fair amount of snow. Snowboarding's awesome. I love it. Um, also, the beach. Except I don't. I will not swim in the ocean. The ocean is fucked up. There scares, are so many things out there that'll fucking kill you. Scares the shit out of me. Like, I don't go. Yeah, no, 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 thank you. I don't swim in the ocean anymore. No. Um, Cat or dog? Dogs. I'm yes. To cats. Um, Batman or Superman? Oh boy. Batman or Superman? Neither. Ooh. Thanos. Whoa! Just drop the mic. Thanos there. is the man. Yeah. Because Thanos did, did the same thing that I do to the spiders in my basement. Half of them can live, <laughs> and half of them can die. <laughs> I'm looking at one right now in a spider trap. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> um, yeah. Terminator or Predator? Um, shoot, let's see here. Terminator or Predator? Predator, dude. Predator's Ooh. gnarly. Okay. Uh, Rambo or Rocky? Oh, dude, I don't know. Rambo. Yes. Kidding me? Um, I can't even understand some of the things that Rocky says. Um, yeah, exactly. South Park or Simpsons? Simpsons. Classic. Um, Undertaker or Kane? Undertaker. Ooh. HBK or Triple H? Who? Shawn Michaels or The Game? Oh, Shawn Michaels. Man, see, okay, so I, I used to watch wrestling back in the 90s and back when we were kids in the, in the late 80s and stuff. And so he was a part of the, what was that song? I'm not your boy toy. Sexy boy. Sexy, I'm not your boy toy. Yeah, that's Shawn Michaels, I remember. So who was he with? Marty Jannetty, and they were called the, the Rockers. Yes. I love 
rock and roll rockers Shawn michael Shawn michaels um okay another old school one randy savage mr macho man or mr perfect Oh, Macho Man, he's a fucking psychopath in the ring. And, like, in real life, he's mental. Loose, macho Man Randy Savage. Loose bloody cannon, that man. Like, insane. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rest in peace. And, and a lot of people don't know this. He, macho Man Randy Savage put out this rap album, and it's absolutely exceptional. Really? He makes a rap calling out Hulk Hogan, and it's gold i have no idea how more people don't know about it he has a verse where he's like he's like in the telephone commercials i seen you dancing around like a ballerina (laughs) you remember (laughs) hulk hogan in those telephone commercials yes (laughs) and then he and then he and you know how uh macho man was in that uh in the spider-man movie for like a minute Mm -hmm. where it's like who's ready and he grabs the microphone he's like Bone saws ready. <laughs> he references that cameo, and it's hilarious. I think his. I wanted. I have. I have it memorized because it was so good. I laughed. I've laughed many, many times over this. His verse was like, um, it says they call you Hollywood. Don't make me laugh, cause your movies and your acting skills are both trash. Your movie went straight to video. The box office can't stand while I got myself a feature role in Spider-Man. <laughs> I need I need to spend my afternoon tracking that down. <laughs> that's that's going to be my yeah. whole goal for the rest of today. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Grow up. Do it. <laughs> um, all right. A couple left. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Slayer. Terra or Madball? Oh shit! Yeah, that's the hard one. Mad ball. <gasps> Sorry, Scott. Ooh. Sorry, Scott. Mad ball. Sick of it all or H two O? Ooh, ooh. Damn, dude. That's a tough one. Oh boy. I'd have to say sick of it all because I got into sick of it all first. But I love both bands very, very much. Classic very one. impactful on me. Um, Definitely for sure. Metallica or Megadeth? <laughs> Megadeth. Uh, NWA or Wu Tang? Wu Tang. Wu Tang. <laughs> Absolutely. When you play a show, do you prefer stage dives or mic grabs? Uh, stage dives or mic grabs? Yeah. Stage dives. Stage dives. Um, do you prefer watching a show from the middle of the mosh pit or up the back by the sound desk? <laughs> uh, back behind the sound desk, um, or up on a balcony looking down. Uh, as far away like as possible. Stage, I like to be a stage potato <laughs> hiding behind the bass amp. And the last one. Be a part of it, but not really a part of it. Last one. If you are to own an album, do you want it on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? Vinyl and phone. Compact, compact discs are obsolete. Use them as a coaster. Whoa. Well, yeah. I, I got four of your coasters here. There you go. You, you can have four cups of tea on those, my friend. I don't drink tea. I can have coffee on them, though. But yes. There, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Marshall, dude, thank you so very much, man. Really, really appreciate this. 
thank you it's, thank you for hitting me up dude and you know um making me making me think about all this stuff i haven't thought about this in a while and uh it's been a good time it's been legendary <laughs> man like i really really appreciate it you know i know you're busy with uh the cape crusader and um all of that so i really you know it's invaluable to me and also because bit of a fanboy moment i get to say i've had marshall on my show so pretty oh man pretty stoked well believe you when i tell you the pleasure is all on my side of the table my friend
So that was my chat with Marshall from The Warriors. And at the end there, you heard the band's song, The Price of Punishment, which is from the album Genuine Sense of Outrage. You also heard the band's song, The War Unseen, which is from the album See How You Are. And you also heard the band's track, Panic, which is also from the album See How You Are. This is the part of the show where I spark that excitement. I remind you guys to support the artists, support the bands that have been on the show. So, of course, now's my time to remind you that if you've yet to discover the Warriors, if that chat was the first time you've heard of the band, if those songs were the first time you heard those songs, now's your time to delve into this immense discography. Get online, get on eBay, whatever it is, however you support bands and however you would like to support Marshall and the Warriors, do it today. You will not be disappointed with this band's music and you will not be disappointed supporting such a great dude and such a great band. Also, keep your ears and eyes peeled and closely looking at the Mosh Zone socials because we will be announcing that new album when it's ready to be announced. Want to also take this moment again to thank Marshall for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. You're an absolute fucking legend, dude. Thank you so very, very much. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. And I'm stoked to get our part two recorded very, very soon. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 87 done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. 
Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.